Hi, welcome to our Projections podcast mini-sode. Mary and I are working hard to research, plan and record the next series of episodes right now, but we don't want you to forget us, so we're releasing these weekly mini-sodes where we watch new releases or films that we missed for the first time, then record our thoughts, opinions and often tangential conversations afterwards. Thank you for listening to us and remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, rate and review us and generally show us you care. Bye! Hi, Sarah. Okay. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm in my duvet fort, as are you. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I can't, it's so it's such a difference. Like the sound quality is like immensely better in this in this setup. It is. This must be what this must be what the professionals do. Oh yeah, of course. In little duvet forts all day. Um, <laughs> So today we're talking about Assassination Nation, Yeah. which is, you don't realize uh, what a stupid title that is until you say it out loud, because when you just read it in your head, it looks quite good. Yeah. Uh, it's just repeating two words with an extra syllable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but we were lucky enough to see it at a Final Girls screening in, what hotel was it? The it was the Courthouse, Courthouse Hotel, hotel in yeah, Shoreditch. Which was really beautiful cinema and it was lovely and all the girls were in these like red plastic mats yeah it was really cool um with a talk afterwards so it was a very it was a very good screening we really enjoyed that thank you final girls yeah thank you so much and yeah the panel was um the final girls with is it rowena alice and rihanna dylan yes yes it was it was very funny yeah it was great so um, the film itself, so it's it's a it's a current release. So it's just been released Friday. Um, yes. It's directed by Sam Levinson, mm-hmm. um, also written by him. And I'm, I I believe I heard someone tell me that um, during the London Film Festival, um, it was revealed that he was he began writing or maybe he completed the writing process while his wife was giving birth. So he it was all under this kind of immense stress and anxiety about his child being born. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And, and is his child a boy or a girl? That I don't know. Because that would be interesting. That would be to, interesting to know, to yeah. Learn. That I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so he basically said that while his wife was in labor, um, he had just this drive to complete the story. And it was filled with, I guess, this kind of all this anxiety about what young people are up to and the future they're inheriting, maybe. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it is a strange, it was kind of strange to learn that it was directed by a man. Yeah. And written by a man. Yeah. Um, because it was such a sort of intense, well, it was very much from a female perspective mm-hmm. and had these very sort of it's quite sort of black and white not particularly complex feminist messages sure um but it was yeah there was something i think when you get a film like that and it's it has such a sort of feminist marketing you i did expect it to be directed by a woman but it wasn't um yeah yeah should we do a quick recap let's do a recap yeah, without spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Um, although I have to say, I don't think. I mean, we'll get into this later, but mm. I don't think the twist was it mattered. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it is uh, set in. It's a sort of a teen movie, I guess. Yeah. Is what I, how I'd characterize it, genre-wise. Yeah. yeah, high school film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of uh, four four girls, um, who are 
sort of best friends in a kind of in a kind of friendly clique. Yeah. Um, a non-mean girls clique. Yeah. Um, and the backdrop is that in their town, people are getting hacked. Yeah. People's phones and email getting hacked and all of this information is coming out about them so everyone's it starts with the mayor it happens to the principal of the school and gradually it happens to sort of half the town that's right and everyone's secrets everything that you'd everything that you'd rather other people didn't know and things that are innocent but don't look very innocent when they are exposed to everyone exactly come out and cause chaos basically so in in terms of the things that get hacked it's kind of worth just kind of running through some of the content that people are seeing so so what is it it's things like all the content from their phone uh photos so like um nudes um explicit and you know messages sexting uh, their, internet their searches, internet porn searches, histories. porn histories, their whole browser history. So things that they might have said to each other about other people. Um, that I think is worth highlighting. Just the type of content that's being released. It's all that stuff that I guess you would never want other people to know about you, right? Mm-hmm. But that don't necessarily make you a terrible person. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's things that, what's also important in highlighting is that it's not just something that is sing, you know, unique to one person. It's it's really a, a universal thing that everyone can relate to. We've all been there. We've all said or done something that we wouldn't necessarily want others to know about. And it's perfectly mm-hmm. normal and there's nothing inherently deviant about that. But no. it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, so it's this kind of leak. Um but what what's also unique is that the film well, it's it's a good reference to the Salem witch trials because it's set in Salem, Massachusetts, in modern times. Yes, it's very very obvious references to to the Salem witch trials and the Crucible, maybe. Yeah, the Crucible. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, That's right, exactly. So, but what's interesting as well is that um, so the film stars um, Odessa Young. She plays Lily. Is uh, that what her name is? What yeah. A great name? Yeah, great name. Yeah, she was beautiful. I hadn't seen her in anything else before, but she was certainly, she was amazing. I loved just her voice when she first started narrating from the yeah, beginning. Yeah, I was like, oh, this isn't what I expected because that voice is such different. Yeah. Like gravelly kind of, um, like kind of like sort of sardonic. Yeah, very uh, sardonic. Sarcastic voice. It was really different to what I expected to hear from one of those girls. Yeah. Yeah, a little um, bit, yeah, like a little bit jaded, a little bit like yeah. cynical. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was an amazing voice. Great it was, voice. It was, yeah, yeah, I expected to hear a sort of, uh, you know, like a sexy baby. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And her um, her friends in the in the little group are, so Bex, um, mm-hmm. and she's played by Hari Neff. Yeah. Uh, M is played by Abra. The performer mm-hmm. goes by simply the name Abra. And, and, and Sarah is played by Suki Waterhouse. Yes, who is made to look on the posters like she's the lead character, but she's not. No, she's not. She's actually... She's, she's probably just the most famous actress in it. She might just be the most famous name attached to it, and then, but yeah. she actually has the least, I think, to do in the in the group, which I think is a shame, which I'll, 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 I'll reveal my reason why later. Yeah, I'd be interested to know, because I kind of felt that she wasn't very good, or she didn't get, mm. the, she didn't get the good lines at the very Not least. at all. All of her lines were like, yeah, yeah, that's dope. And things like that. <laughs> it was just why it was like why are you even here? 
<laughs> but there is, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll save it for later why I think that she actually might have been the, um, she could have been a great main event, but I'll, oh, <laughs> I'll say why later. Yeah. That was very interesting. So yeah, so they're kind of like a group of uh, gal pals. They're they're really tight. Um, I loved like the, all the scenes of them in the bedrooms, like ch- you know chatting. That kind of all girl space, really yeah, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of girl spaces in this film. Yeah, you know, the bedrooms, the gymnasiums, the yeah. bathrooms, the bathrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's there is a real there is a kind of real. Um, that kind of like Robert Altman girls on the balcony in, yeah. the, in uh, the Long Goodbye. There's a lot of that. These like really hyper feminine, like yeah. cocoony, pillowy <laughs> kind of spaces, like pink, like beautiful warm light kind of spaces. But then there's also a huge mm. amount of male sort of, um, mm-hmm. not just male spaces, but these sort of rooms where they're just, that just seem like surveillance rooms where there are people's phones going, like, right. like the, the videos on people's phones going, and everyone's being filmed, and yeah, they, yeah. they're just like these performance spaces, and they seem really suffocating and horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, one of the great moments for me was right at the beginning of the film when um, they all go to, to a party, mm-hmm. and um, and the various experiences of the girls is being represented on screen uh, via split screen. Yeah, I really liked that. that I love that. I thought it was so it was clear nod again, like for all the cinephiles out there, clear nod to Brian De Palma and mm-hmm. the kind of famous split screen method of representing different moments at the same time. Um, and I think in a way it, it achieves uh, not just you know, a, a, a sort of great way of knowing what's going on all at once. And it's, it kind of recreates the experiential phenomenon of having like multiple tabs open on your like computer screen. Oh, nice. You know, nice. like yeah. so you're, you're kind of engaging in a very uh, sort of like meta way with everything. But at the same time, I think that it does, again, achieve the, the, the Palma effect of creating this thing on screen where the characters are themselves split you know they're they're actually fragmented there's a lot of doubt in that montage because there's a lot of kind of uncertainty about how they are in relation to their crush so the lily character she she has a boyfriend um i think his name is mark in the film but she's also sexting uh, an older man like a married man who has a kid? Who she calls uh, daddy? Who she calls her, daddy? On her, well, I don't know. if She calls him daddy, but it's her, it's his name on her phone. Yeah, she saved daddy, him and as then daddy. The, um, emoji with the hearts for eyes. That's right. Mm. And so it it remains a mystery for m- much of the film, the identity of this guy. Like we don't really know until the kind of towards the end who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like quite heavily hinted at in the opening. The yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That's yeah. right. And, um, and, but, but there's a lot of like, their, their sexting is really interesting. Like I, I thought all of that was intriguing because she clearly participates in that. So she's, um, you know, she's, she's, she's has an impulse to, uh, communicate with him at that level. And, um, and yeah, so there, there, there's all that going on at the beginning. I, I love that stuff. I thought that was a really kind of, yeah, like really honest, uh, perspective, of what's going on, how people are using technology, how they relate to each other at a party, but there's all this other stuff going on. Um, 
so I like and actually it, it, it bears saying at this time all the montages in the film are great like the there's one in, right in the middle with all the music the, the, the use of music is fantastic it looks very um kind of I don't know like a music video it's very cool it's very okay. in your face um somebody I know actually has I think it's him he created the um Spotify playlist of the music for oh, the film amazing. so if you search on Spotify you'll be able to hear it all okay yeah I would definitely walk around listening to that soundtrack it was very, yeah. it was very good soundtrack yeah great and actually going back to that um sexting relationship sure there is I really liked that um that a relationship was portrayed taking place entirely on in a virtual space and it, it sort of implied this kind of um the safety for her yeah. a little bit because they did seem to never really meet meet in life they That's seemed right. to just be having this affair on you know online or in messages yeah. or through videos or through photographs and things like that yeah um which i really enjoyed because i think that happens so much these days that you do have you know relationships that take place almost entirely in your dms and that they do that, that, that those are real relationships oh yeah those, are, those have the same you know emotional ups and downs and uh you know ebbs and flows as re- really long-term relationships that's right yeah um, but they're relationships that are safer than real than real life ones in a way yeah. You know, because they don't they don't spill over into that dangerous place of really you know really happening and really being part of your life, and that's, that's quite a yeah. that seems like quite a just a safe move. I think there were a lot of the ways in which those girls were keeping themselves really safe, but that was yeah. one of them. Yeah, and also like if someone's sliding into your DMs and you start yeah. like chatting with them, um, and you know it's it, it's kind of in a way just confined as you say to that space. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that they are, yes, they are, they, they do kind of mimic, uh, real life relationships because there can be very real emotions at stake, mm-hmm. but because they're only ever virtual, they will never have the same impact in like IRL because ultimately none of the practical elements of real life can, can, can ever happen in your DMs. Yeah. Exactly, so it's, fantasy it's just fantasy, right? So right. it's just occupying that fantasy space. And in a way, it's a very, it's that kind of place where it's um, purely the unconscious. Because it's, in a way, you can say and conjure up anything. Mm-hmm. And it's fantasy. And, and you're really just exploring some kind of hidden impulse that would never be allowed to manifest in real life. I, I, I remember somebody on Twitter saying uh, the unconscious is represented in uh, slips of the tongue, dreams, and your browser history. Or yeah. yeah, 100%, which is why it's so shameful when those things exactly. do become public. Exactly. Because yeah, your, your virtual relationship with somebody would in no way echo exactly. your real life. Have no. you seen that... Um, have you seen that? Um, there's a there's a meme that I absolutely love <laughs> on um, that goes around the internet, which is um, something about like when he says he's gonna fuck your brains out, and then it's just a picture of a guy like very, very, like very sweetly hugging a woman, <laughs> like, or like when he says he's gonna fuck your brains out in the DMs. <laughs> oh like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> That's such a but, good yeah, yeah. Yeah, because. You know, some people really do have very like you know, fantasy-based extreme sex lives, but most of us 
I mean, for some people, it, it's, you know, bravery that they can't manage to do these yeah. things in real life. And for some people, it shouldn't be done in real life, because in real life, it wouldn't be any fun. Exactly. It would be a total nightmare. <laughs> it's, you know, something that's wonderful to talk about, but would be hideous and uncomfortable to do, really. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So ultimately, it's just really a kind of indication of unconscious activity. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah and, it really is. And so I really appreciated the honesty of that section of the film right at the beginning, like at the beginning, verging towards the middle where there was this kind of very democratic, very kind of universal representation of what all of us get up to, like and, and how we feel very conflicted. You know, we, we we're not so sure of ourselves we are just kind of going on to these various spaces and uh kind of negotiating what we can say where um and uh and I thought that was really well handled I love that whole part for me what I think made this film unfortunately um I don't know I feel like it let itself down is what happens towards the end really and I now I wonder whether you know it's because we've said it's spoiler free I wonder if it without really revealing anything I guess um I went from liking this film to suddenly like I was like nah I don't know (laughs) because the reason for that is because um I just feel like it was all going really well. Um, it was interesting, uh, very thought provoking all along. So, and, 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 you know, there, we've already said like, okay, there's some, there's some elements of, um, nodding to previous, uh, mainstreams, pop, pop culture stuff, um, more art house stuff. You know, it's kind of like the mirror, the, the black mirror meets the purge meets Heather's, you know, uh-huh. yeah. great concept. Um, and I just the whole thing with the data leak um, and kind of peeking behind this curtain of civilization, confronting the darkness of our collective unconscious was great. Uh-huh. And then it, I just feel like it just should have carried on that complex path that it had set up. But I just feel like the ending was really twee <laughs> and like interesting and almost okay. like Disney or something where like. They're all kind of vindicated in some way. They're, it's like it, it turns this unconscious revelation of what we're all doing into a gender divide, which I thought was a mistake. Yeah, I thought there were some. It was very kind of heavy-handed. Yeah. Um, very black and white. Um, and yeah, there were sort of twee moments. Um, I mean, I have to say there were twee moments because I think it would have been unbearable if there wasn't a twee reconciliation for some of those moments. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. there, were, there, were, so, there were some things happening that were so bad that I think it would have just really spoiled the fun of the film if, mm-hmm. they'd, if they'd happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can, see why, I can see why some of those choices were made. Mm. Um, I did feel that it was ridiculous from... I actually felt that it was ridiculous from the... Uh, from the leak of the uh, head teacher's, the principal's phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, onwards, because it was, you know, it's, it's not realistic that uh, no. an entire society would react like that to pictures of someone's, someone's own child, you know? Yeah, and very um, innocent are, situations yeah. where they're t- giving their child a bath. We've all seen parents online, mainly yeah. on Facebook, to be fair, but 
um, you know, just pe posting pictures of their kids in very everyday situations. And there's obviously no ill intent at all. Yeah. So I kind of thought from that point, I was like, oh, come on. No one's, you know, we're never going to, maybe we will, but then we'd, I don't think we'd ever get to the stage where someone would be chased out of their job for having <laughs> pictures of their own kids naked on their phone. You know? I know. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I did feel that there was, there was this kind of very, and the sort of scene in the, this sort of re male revenge scene in the locker room. Yeah. Um, and, oh, you know, there was a lot of it was really heavy handed and a lot. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you that the second half of that film is it kind of gets ridiculous. Yeah, I thought because the thing is, yeah, just just on the com comment on the, the locker room business where they're checking her body for a mole. Be oh yeah, because they like want to like mark. the witch. Yeah. yeah, the mark of the witch, right? The witch, witch mark. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it, that was very. I, I did actually quite like that because they're trying to see whether somebody's phone. You know, because they had the the guy that she's sexting. His phone gets hacked, so he, all his uh, nude photos of her are are leaked into the main. You know, into the public domain. <laughs> Mainframe, uh, oh. <laughs> a, a very 90s hacking term. Oh, yeah, the mainframe. <laughs> I'm in the mainframe. <laughs> I should have said that now. I regret you it. Should have. <laughs> Never lose an opportunity to say mainframe, otherwise, that word's going to just go out of fashion. I know. We need to bring it back. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just there's something because the way I interpreted the, the data leak is that it, in, it uncovers everyone's dark side, right? It, mm. It's telling you that irrespective of where you are like where you sit on the identity politics you know spectrum we've all got something that we're conflicted about and that the girls included you know they're they're, they're cool they're, they're cool fun characters um but they also have this hidden side to themselves just like everybody else and that's now vulnerable because there's someone hacking now and, and I like that. There's something very honest about that. Like, now this is where I'm going to get to the Suki Waterhouse character because when they're in the gymnasium and they're having a chat and it's in the middle of this big leak and everyone's wondering who's next, who's going to be targeted next. And she says, if they saw what was in my phone, they think it was a snuff film. Yeah, I did like that line, actually. I thought of you, obviously, because I know <laughs> how much you're interested in snuff films. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's so interesting. Like my immediate reaction to that line was, "Ooh, I hope they show us her phone. I want to yeah, see I what's there." Yeah. You know? But but it was like just hinted at and then dropped. Mm. And I thought in a way that's kind of um it would have been more interesting to to me from a psychoanalytic perspective to kind of follow that darkness through like you know really follow the concept through to kind of see what we're all capable of in our unconscious like what are we what's our unconscious throwing up for us but in a way what it ended up doing I thought and I and actually I actually blame this on the fact that it was a male writer and director because, yeah. because I actually think he's done those characters a disservice because um he ultimately kind of puts them on a pedestal where they're kind of like absolved of their unconscious and they're marching through the streets and, you know, and kind of put in a, in, in a direct confrontation with these anonymous masked boys who are, perp, you know, perpetrators of violence. Uh -huh. And suddenly 
it's this divide where the boys are in the domain of the darkness and the unconscious and the girls are these kind of like absolved angels on the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, no, there was, I really agree with you. I, I agree with you on two counts. I think he did the characters disservice by just not writing them enough. Yeah. Um, I think it suffers from that very classic thing of there is not enough personality to go around three women. Oh, yeah. Four women, sorry, four women. In, yeah. Not even three women, actually. I, I think two of them basically are necessary. Yeah. In, you know, yeah. Um, and that happens in so many films. Like, I heard a really good uh, story about um, The Descent. You know that film where all the girls go um, into, like, caving or whatever it's called? Oh, yeah, um, yes. Like a, you've, you've That's a great a film. film. Yeah. Sorry? It's a great film. Yeah, it is a great film, but um, there are a lot of women in it. There are about seven women in it. That's right. And, uh, it's, and it's written by a man. And I heard that he, you know, he very specifically cast, you know, women that looked like women that sort of a full spectrum of women who looked very different from each other okay. so that you could tell them apart. And it's just like, oh. if you need to rely on your casting <laughs> to be able to tell women apart, then you're not a good writer. That's true. That's true. And I felt that a little bit the same with this film. It's, you know, uh, there were, there were good moments. Some of them had really, Harry Neff seemed to have a lot of good lines. Yeah. In this film. I liked it when she said, um, she was great. Cause she's, She's sort of hooking up with the with a football player, yeah. And you know he wants to keep it a secret because she's trans and he's you know he's ashamed. That's right. Um, or not? Well, yeah, he's ashamed. He's 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 uh, not sort of he likes her a lot, but he doesn't want to have to deal with the exposure of you know other people knowing. Yeah, the other boys. And yeah, the other boys, the other terrible boys. Yeah. And, um, she says, how can someone so inconsequential make you feel so inconsequential? Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> she had some amazing lines like, the whole time she had. And she said, uh, <laughs> when she's talking about the mayor's wife standing next to him at a press <laughs> conference in looking like the human embodiment of the gritted teeth emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Like she just had, she had, you know, she, I feel like she got all the, you know, really good yeah. lines. Suki Waterhouse got that one good line, you know, the others, you, you, everyone got a good line at some point, but there wasn't really enough to, to go around, really, yeah. you know, really flesh out these four female characters. Really develop then, them. Yeah, really develop them. And you're right, there is that sort of, there is this scene where the Lily character is on the phone talking about what's happening and how she would never, she would, you know, I would never want something like this to happen to anybody I would never ever wish any harm on anybody mm-hmm. and it's like we, we all we all wish harm on everyone people yeah you know like we're all of course all we do people. we've all had incredibly violent thoughts we've all wished that someone would die probably yeah you know it's not it's you know there there was this sort of point where in the beginning of the film she was very kind of not morally ambiguous but morally complex yeah and towards the end of the film she does get absolved of all of these things yeah. And you know, sort of, you know, I'm, I am, I would never hurt anyone, never harm anyone. I'm, you know, I am an angel, and it's like, yeah, you're not. No. You know, and it's that was what was great not. about you was that you're yeah. honest about who you were. Yeah, well, that's what we really liked about these four girls at the beginning, and they're all. That's such a good point. Become, yeah, you're right. They do all become kind of angels. Yeah, they become sort of cartoon versions of themselves towards the end, like almost like this righteousness. Uh, yeah, it that was, appears there some very righteous monologues happening towards, towards the, end. the end, and mm. and it it was all, they appeared towards the end, and it, they defied what had gone before, mm. and um, it turned the revelation of the unconscious again into a gender divide. I don't think that helps women. 
Like, no. I, because all that does, when, when we're shown a film where um, everyone's data is getting leaked, we realize that we're all a hot mess. You know, no one, no one gets a free pass from that. Um, but then towards the end, uh, the it's it becomes a gender divide where the girls have some kind of leg up over the the guys being conflicted. What maybe on the surface it looks like it's like an empowering message to send to women. But I actually, as you know, coming from a psychoanalytic point of view, I would argue that that actually gaslights women because it tells us that. We have to be perfect even when there's some kind of unconscious like nuclear bomb where we're all being shown to be conflicted, but we don't get to join in on that. We have, we still have to remain, uh, you know, whiter than white, holier than thou. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. There is, it reminds me of what happened to, um, to the Me Too movement when uh, those allegations against Asia Argento came out. Yeah. It felt like that could have been an opportunity for this incredibly inclusive, wide, broad conversation about how abuse perpetuates abuse. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was, you know, everyone just went quiet. Everyone, it felt yeah. like everyone went quiet. Yeah. Um, you know, with this horror that somebody who had had bad things happen to them could have inflicted bad things on sure. someone else. Um, and, you know, and it, that's it. Of, co- of course, of course she would have done that. Yeah. You know? Like what? What? What else would you do when you've been raped, other than find someone more, someone who you feel you can have control over to have your next relationship with? Yeah. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make it's rep- what happened to your victim no. any less of course than not. what happened to you. Of but course not. It seems like a very natural cycle, and it's something that we should talk about. But yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't spoken about very much. So, yeah. 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 For, for me, this all hinges on the idea that. Which is actually something ironically that's explored in the film because the film very rightly has some of the characters like explain uh, what an immense amount of pressure girls and women are under to be perfect. Uh How, you know, there's a great scene when um, she's talking to her, you know, Lily is talking to the principal, who's a great character actually. Oh, amazing character. Yeah, yeah. And they have this chat about how. She's not allowed to, to do like certain drawings. Like she, she drew a, a photo. She drew an image, I think, of a girl, maybe herself in an explicit pose. And, um, uh-huh. and, and, and it's sort of um, also sh- you know, showing a naked body. And, um, and she's explaining to him, actually, the, men- the, ment- the mindset and the, the psych- in a way the psychology of what drives people to take naked selfies and stuff and um, what's really behind that process. The fact that there's a lot of, there's a lot of takes, you know, there's a lot of snaps that take place and then one makes the cut and then it gets filtered and whatever, whatever, but you can never achieve perfection. So it's, it's actually very rightly kind of talking through this pressure that exists about how we're particularly as women expected to represent ourselves. Uh-huh. But then in the end, the film actually, falls into that exact trap I think in the sense of you know excluding the the female experience from the horror of having your unconscious out there having your dirty laundry exposed to the for the world to see suddenly you're no longer part of that crisis you're um you're actually battling against it you're above it and I'm sorry, psychoanalytically, well, that's, that's, 
that's nonsense. No one can ever be absolved from that. You know, we're all we're all a hot mess, and the whole point is just is just to work through it. Okay, but I have a slight counter theory. Sure. It's not exactly a counter theory, but sure. it's, it's just it's more of a thought or a question. Okay. So, as a woman, uh, as a as a heterosexual woman in mm. society, mm-hmm. your is your you see there's a lot of like pornified images in this film. You know, you see like you get yeah. these like very quick flashes through her naked selfies, which I really wanted to like screenshot because I wanted to look at them in more detail because I thought they were so beautiful. Yeah. And you know, there is there is this thing with 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 this phenomenon of you know you're having your smartphone and having your your laptop and having the there is there are more nudes being generated by women than ever before in art if you want to say in art history in mm. image history mm. you know which is this incredible this is an incredible thing when you think about it. it you know it will tip the scales of what na- a naked woman is in imagery from from you know it's it's, it's this hugely influential moment sure. in time i think but is it easy to distance yourself is it easier as a woman to distance yourself from your dirty laundry because your dirty laundry is in part your unconscious, but also in part influenced by what men want to look at. You know, mm-hmm. if your if they, you know your images, the images, you know, like the way they dress, the images they were making of themselves, they were. It's so hard to tell as a woman what is your, what is your organic, you know, real inner fantasy, mm-hmm. and what has been what you have been taught you have to be like. Okay. You know, yeah, like, that's a good question. What do you think about that? I mean, what is your what is your answer to that? Well, I mean, I think about that with my own life all the time. Sure. You know, like how much of my, you know, I I think about my own choices all the time. Am I choosing? You know, am I wearing this? You know, am I even like, am I getting my nails? Shall I get my nails in soft squares or in points? Points mm. feel like a male fantasy. I don't want to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, and but then I do want to have that. I love them. I think they're great. <laughs> you know, do I want to like? Should I buy underwear in the Black Friday sale? Am I just buying underwear because I might have sex with someone? Should mm. I buy some knitwear instead because I'm cold? <laughs> like, you know, just all of these. And it sounds shallow and stupid, but no, no, I do. I don't want. I don't want my life to be in service of making men happy Mm. but I also but you know what turns me on is what turns me on whether I've been whether it's misogynistic or not whether Mm. I would have whether I would have had that turn on in a vacuum meeting no men or not Mm -hmm. it's still my it's still part of my authentic you know personality but I do think it's something that we think you know we do think of when we see what we've created and what you know like how the sex lives we've created how much of it how much of it is is what how much of it is fair like or how yeah. much of it is yeah is something we really truly enjoyed and how much of it is something we made ourselves enjoy and you know I don't know I think I'm I'm not I'm not saying that I, d- I would never say that women's sexuality is completely invalid because it's made up of in you know it comes from a, a you know a patriarchal culture mm. but I do think there are there are elements of my own sexuality and my own desires that I do I do think about and I do doubt and I do distance myself from sometimes or I distance myself from it and then come back yeah. to it in in just this process where I, I feel like I have to think about it. You know, I have to think about where it came from and is it really making me happy? Yeah. And I, I wonder if there is an element. It's Maybe it's a bit of a... Maybe I'm making too many excuses, but if there is that element of your dirty laundry is half your dirty laundry and then it's half someone else's desires you know but I would argue that that's the case 
irrespective of what gender you are. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you see, I would argue that the film, um, the film really kind of like we're shown these like angry men in the streets wearing masks committing violence Uh but that's almost very that's too easy I think like I think that um it's kind of a very convenient explanation for to to wrap to neatly wrap up the film but that I, I would argue that the the desire of all of us is far too complex to be like neatly categorized, neatly classified and like identified in such a way that then we can make conscious decisions about them. Everyone's desire is mixed and conflicting. Um, And I would say that actually, um, here's my, here's my kind of, and what I love that kind of theory you put out there, because I think that for me, it indicates the next question, which is what actually is their desire? What actually is the dirty laundry like per se? Because I would argue that because nude selfies are now so kind of like, you know, just not that taboo anymore. Like we we see dick pics, we see pics of, you know, women in bras and like, you know, um, taking images of themselves uh, in maybe even very uh, suggestive, you know, suggestive poses and stuff. I would say that that has now become so ubiquitous, particularly because of um, dating apps and stuff, that it's just part of the way we communicate that I actually would put forward that that's now entered the realm of the social mask, the public face that we present to the world, a way of fitting in because other people might be doing it or because it's, it's as you say, as you rightly say, it might be a, a part of the expectation of the social intercourse. Like, oh, you know, send news as a meme, you know, like we, we want to oh. communicate with people in that way. And it's, I would actually argue that that stuff leaking is not, is, is not really the, the cause of concern. What's the cause of concern is the area of desire where, people are wanting things that are that still remain taboo uh-huh. like this the sexual desire of the fact that she you know um lily was knowingly entering into this kind of like even if it is just a virtual relationship with someone who's married and the fact that she, he's ref, his moniker on her phone is daddy uh-huh. i think it's some kind of oedipal issue because i and i say that because she wasn't it's not like uh, a sexual assault where she was made to do things against her own will. She willingly participated in those exchanges. It's when she comes home and the leak is now known to everyone and her parents confront her. Um. And that scene when she's in her room and her mother is there and she wants to know if that's really her in the leak. And she has to admit that it is. As she gets, she gets thrown out of the house. She gets locked out. Yeah. And it's, it's for me, it's that. That's the con. That's the kind of very classic psychoanalytic dynamic there, which points to the Oedipal desire of the child for the opposite sex parent. It's some kind of unconscious taboo thing that makes us feel icky and gross. That yeah, you're right. We don't Although, want. We don't want to know. It's not her- it is, I have to say, it's not her phone that gets hacked, so no one knows that she's stated that no. he's called daddy. 
which um that's true that is true he may not even know that he's called daddy that's true that's true um so you're right it is like it's like the it's the deepest secret of all in it's like the, it's like the only private thing in the film i think yeah that, um and yeah it would be because we, um, yeah, because everybody is is angry, right? We see like there's great there's there's a very funny kind of uh, montage where when everything is revealed and all the people in the town are furious at each other uh-huh. and all the the kind of the the pantomime of civilization where we're all polite to each other just gets erased immediately and it's yeah. like people are punching each other. There's a woman uh, assaulting another woman in a parking lot, saying that she's now she's now aware of maybe some affair or something with her husband uh-huh. it, you know everything's out in the open so it's th- that's my point about it not being a gender divide it's the it's the revelation of um it's really the revelation that we've all been naughty when no one had been looking yeah. and suddenly now it's out there and 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 the girls are not absolved from that that's why when Suki Waterhouse said if they find out what's in my phone, they think it's a snuff film. And I, and I was like, wow, like that's, that's daring. That That's mm-hmm. like, now we're in, that's like clockwork orange ter- territory. I wish he had gone there. Instead, it's this kind of, I thought very like Disney ending of like. <laughs> I, I don't know. I quite liked it. It yeah. was almost, the, it was almost a Butch Cassidy ending. Yeah. 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 It, it does uh, end before it ends, so you're yeah. never quite sure, which I quite <laughs> enjoyed. You know, I like that sort of almost freeze frame, or like a Thelma and Louise ending <laughs> as well. Um, but I also, um, I don't know, the thing with the snuff film is that I know so many girls whose Instagrams are just nudes and gore <laughs> that I I was, like, not remotely surprised. I was just like, yeah, yeah, because that's, that's also, I suppose that that is also a, a thing, you know, it's like the... I don't know, maybe it's just in the circles that I'm hanging out in. Yeah. But that, like, young, sexy girl who likes, like, like S&M, gore, and porn mm-hmm. is, like, is not, is is so ubiquitous. It's not, it doesn't feel um, incredibly subversive to me anymore to be putting that out there. Mm. Um, because, as well, because it is just such a, it's so pleasing you know to mm. talk to all of us you know i found i find those inst- you know i find those instagram accounts as pleasing as any man would and i found yeah. you know i wanted to screenshot those nudes i wanted to buy those those trainers those like you know oh, yeah. trainers and tiny short shorts somebody had um, socks that said fatal attraction i need those yeah. socks <laughs> okay okay and now i know what to get you <laughs> <laughs> um and then I think my favorite um, comment about my yeah. favorite comment about the unconscious mm. was um, we know there's the girl there's the girl who's this sort of like the popular girl the cheerleader girl oh, yeah. um, she's played who, by Bella you know, Thorne um, okay so yeah her her little her sort of friend her little follower yeah um, says something about the Sims that's um, right. <laughs> She says, oh, you know, what if we're all just in Game of the Sims and someone else is playing us? Oh, yeah. And I thought that was probably the best, the best uh, existential comment <laughs> about, you know, because there's something I really, you know, I never played the Sims, but I, I feel like it is this, you make these decisions in the Sims that are completely devoid of your, like, conscious thought. Oh, yeah. You know, they just, they just happen. You, know, you <laughs> decide to let someone, like, jump up and down and 
then wet their pants until they die. Yeah. Or, you know, you decide to put everyone in a different room and see what will happen to them. <laughs> you decide you decide to do these things that are very much, like, probably very much acting out your own little, you know, uh, yeah. path and your patterns and your, <laughs> you know, all of your unconscious desires, like, really go into your Sims family, mm. you know? Um, so I really enjoyed I, I re- There was some really great, insightful comments, I thought, yeah. in the film. Yeah really good lines and I really because it seemed like a really on the surface it seemed like a really stupid line like something that a teenager would like a sort of faux philosophical comment that a teenager would make you know like it is is what I see as blue and you see as blue the same thing you know on that level of stupid but actually it's a really it's a really true comment about the what seems to be meaningless and hopeless Mm -hmm. is actually you working through something exactly again and again and again exactly and, yeah. and it's actually your unconscious that's uh really mapping out the different act all the different decisions you're making you think you're completely in control not you, you know all of us that's that applies to every single person we all think that we're the master of own, our own house Mm-hmm. Um, through our conscious personality, being aware of things and like objectively making decisions, but actually the real decision-making power is below the threshold of our consciousness. We're really being guided and governed by something we're not even we don't really want to be aware of, and mm-hmm. so it does fit this line. I love that Sims line. And by the yeah. way, um, just to just to kind of like uh, wrap up the point about Bell of Thorn as well, Bell of Thorn played in a, in a movie called Shovel Buddies. Shovel <laughs> Buddies, that sounds amazing. I know. And it's, don't you think it's a perfect reference in the film to that, though? Yeah, it really is. That's amazing. Yeah, she was really good. I love that. Um, I absolutely love that whole sequence uh, with the American flag and everything. Oh, it, yeah. was, it was so good. And also, just another thing as well is that I, I, I wonder... I mean, I, I I wonder to what extent the director me- meant to, I don't know, nail his political colors to the mast as well in the sense of, because um, clearly the film is called Assassination Nation, so it probably does bear some kind of interpretation on a political level okay. in terms of the the state of the nation. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of Trumpian um, elements in the film. But just because there's also this throwaway line in one of Lily's monologues about how women are encouraged to be anything they want except president. And so there's this like little nod to to Hillary Clinton. But I just think for me, you see, that just felt a little bit hollow just because. Well, actually, no, I'll rephrase that. I think that um, it's it 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 may for me, it may it may suggest a, a link between Hillary Clinton and the fact that a lot of people, a lot of pundits uh, assess the fact that she lost the presidential election in 2016 down to the fact that her, there, there was this revelation about her emails. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also WikiLeaks leaked all of the, her emails, like thousands and thousands of them. And so you know, what if it is this thing, he's trying to say that there was this witch hunt against her because she was a woman and she was blamed and she was like, ultimately the leak, she got, you know, it was this disproportionate thing because she was a woman. Um, so yeah, okay. I'll, from it works as an allegory in the, um, as a function of the film. 
However, you know, all male my political colors are the masks as well. I will just say that, um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm all for supporting uh, leaders that are women. I think that's good. But um, Hillary, for me, was a very complicated uh, candidate. Out of all yeah. the women who might have been qualified, experienced, inspirational, they really went with a very problematic person with a lot of corruption attached to her, a lot of uh-huh. warmongering. I mean, she's a war hawk, you know, and I just think that Again, it's just one of these things. It's almost very like cliche, like a, a man, a, a male writer and director who thinks of a woman leader and who thinks, yeah, let's champion Hillary Clinton. There, there are better people out there, you know, and yeah, I think I, I 100% agree, you know, yeah, that's just that's that, that was the one thing I wanted to say. But it is it is it's clever, though, in the function of the film, because it is t- tying in the leaks with Hillary's issue with her emails. So that was that was clever. I will give it, it that. Was, it, I think it was it was it was a clever film. Like, it's oh, yeah, stuff. there was a lot there. We've been talking about it for like ages. Yeah. Then we talk about a lot of things. Yeah. So I think the fact that it wasn't a perfect <laughs> film maybe makes it better. Yeah. You know? No, I think I agree. I think it's a successful film in this. In, if if only, you know, because it's so thought provoking where we're, it, it sticks in your head. You want to think about it again and again. It's probably it does warrant another viewing. I would like to see it again. Um, I would too. And also, you know what? It's we forget about this in cinema a lot of the time. Mm. I had a really fun time. Oh yeah, it's a great time. I was fun really time. involved. I was really pumped. I was really happy. It was, you know, it was the teen movie I wanted when we, I went to see Lady Bird. Oh you yeah. You know, like it was. It was. <laughs> it's yeah, a fun film. The, it's a fun film. Yeah, and I do champion teen movies. There's not enough of them anymore. This no is way. One of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overall, I had a great. You go and see this film. You have a yeah, great time. Yeah, go and see this film. I agree. I, I think. It's it's a fun ride. You, you, all the scenes with violence in it, I thought were really really engrossing. I love that stuff. It's 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 well written. It's beautifully edited. The cinematography is fantastic. There's a lot of references to other films for the cinephiles out there. Um, no, it's an absolutely great film. Um, you know, to a, to a point for me, but it's still worth seeing overall. Um, yeah, definitely. Actually, there is. Um, was it Suki Waterhouse? This character who says, mm. "When I grow up, I want to. I want to direct a revenge film." That's right. And um, I really liked that. Um, I really liked that moment where they were watching that film on the ceiling. And oh, yeah. she does, and she is the one that says that. She says, "You know, when I grow up, I want to direct yeah. this, this film with a <laughs> but with a with a man getting raped and seeking revenge." Yeah. And um, I don't know. I love that. I mean, I feel like we've watched a lot of films where you know being where there's this sort of illusion to being a director and having control yeah but, you know being a director and having control over your life having creative control having sexual control have whatever mm. and it was just another it was just another one you know like after cam after the love witch after yeah. all of the films we talked about where women are auteurs there's you know and it's it's interesting that it is Suki Waterhouse's character who again says, yeah and she does say snuff film she doesn't say like no snuff pictures she says film yeah you know so <laughs> there is yeah she's the there is something about her she's intriguing sort of, it's like she's very intriguing and she's very kind of closely linked to like cinema itself oh yes I think um throughout that film so I really liked that line yeah I hope I, I in a way I hope we see more from that from that set of friends, from that, from from her in particular, oh, I want to know. Sequel would be so good. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would really like that. 
and and, and but if, if not yeah. she just goes into the she goes into the very respectable canon of the women in films that we didn't get to focus on with like Sarah uh, Michelle Gellar yeah. and I Know What You Did Last Summer <laughs> and with Rose McGowan in Scream. That's and right. With, um, what's her name? Denise Richards in Valentine. Have you seen Valentine? I've not seen Valentine. Oh, it's amazing. You have to watch it. I rewatched it a couple of years ago and I realized how good it is. This sort of oh. early 2000s horror film about this. They all receive these amazing, like, scary Valentine's like, <laughs> cards with, like, threat, Valentine's cards with threatening messages in. And Denise Richards is, like, the promiscuous one and she dies really early on. But oh. she's the best character. And I rewatched it and she's amazing. And it's just, like, one of those films where it's just that sort of. There's so many films where there's this female character who should be focused on, and it's a tragedy that they're not. But when you look back on it, and Suki Waterhouse is probably one of those one of those characters. She's going to go yeah. down in history as one of those side characters who should have been the main character because the main character is a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, you're right. It's it's she she's kind of like left me wanting more, like wanting to know more. You know, it was mm-hmm. just very kind of like these little these little kind of tidbits that were so charged and loaded. Yeah. But ultimately, like my final thought about this film, and in a way it does kind of tie in nicely to the fact that obviously the final girls, the film collective chose the film to screen Mm -hmm. and it does fit in some ways into the final girls trope of horror cinema where, you know, the, the girls are kind of like, you know, it's the last girl standing kind of thing. But here it's more kind of, it's more like the female gender that's kind of like vindicated in a sense. Uh But I think ultimately that's my takeaway from this film is that when it comes to the battleground of the unconscious, no one can walk away vindicated. No one can walk away the winner over somebody else. Uh uh, And, and to, you know, even as, you know, much as of course we want female empowerment, female representation, I'm all for that. But when it comes to, the paradoxes and uh, kind of trippy, uncanny, conflicted elements of the unconscious, we can never rise above men in that regard because we're all, we're all conflict. We're all divided subjects. We're all split and we're all trying to work things through. So that's the, for me, that's the area where there's no divide. Um, and, And to suggest that there is, I would argue is actually gaslighting and ultimately it'll do psychological damage because when we do find ourselves conflicted we're confronted with a message that says we're not you know we don't get to be and there's loneliness in that so i would say you know uh make an alternate alternate ending where suki waterhouse is making a snuff film you know Yeah, absolutely. My God, we've been talking for nearly an hour. So that there you go. That's just proof, uh, you know, that this is a really thought-provoking film. So much for Minisode. Bye. Bye.